Welcome to the Hamumu Halloween Home Horror Hoedown, the podcast where we watch scary movies so you don't have to. From award-winning to completely unknown, we take them all way too seriously. I'm your host, Mike Hommel. And I'm your host, Solange Hommel. Now warning, we use a ghoulish number of spoilers, so watch the movies first. Second warning, we don't know anything about anything, so don't take us seriously as we take these movies seriously. I was looking for a movie on Shudder, yep. and I saw Scare Package 2, The Revenge of Rad Chad. <laughs> yep. That's not what we're watching, though, because we haven't seen Scare Package 1. No, we had to watch Scare Package 1 in preparation. <laughs> Of the revenge of Rad Chad. We had to find out why Rad Chad needed revenge. Uh, We did find out, although I'm not sure how he's going to get revenge. Yeah. This was an interesting movie, uh, Scare Package from 2020. It is an anthology, but again, much like the last anthology we watched, everything is very intertwined and interconnected. So it was yeah. it was more obvious that it was an anthology. Yes. But still not as like clunky as old anthologies used to be, where they were very disseparate stories. It started out in a story. So that was a little confusing, where we watched a story called Cold Open. Which was... Mwah, beautiful. <laughs> Fantastic. And when that was over, then we were in the real story, the wraparound story, from which it's in a video store. They would go and put in new videos, and we'd see those videos as stories. I mean, here's the thing, though. Was that the wraparound story? Because I really feel like the cold open story was the true <gasps> I mean, wraparound story. There I was a wraparound that. within a wraparound. Yes, because in the cold open story, we meet Mike. He goes by Mike. His full name is Michael Myers. He doesn't like that, though. No relation. This is where already this movie is trippy and so weird. He works for the concept of horror movies. As the cold opener. Yeah. He goes and puts the haunted doll in the house or right. sells the house to the unsuspecting people when the house is haunted or, or cuts whatever. Or the, uh, the electrical wire at the most inopportune time. Yeah, so he's like part of the setup of horror movies. Only, only if horror movies were things that really happened. Not even that. Only if horror movies were a boss... That made things happen? Because yeah. it's not that he's actually like running around doing this yeah. of his own volition. He gets instructions on a piece of paper that tell him, go out into the on this uh, abandoned road and turn this sign yes. so that the people who come get confused about which direction they're supposed to go. Or break into this woman's house and cut her power line. Yeah. You know, that's not a part of the horror movie. It's just the setup for the horror movie. Right. And poor Mike, he has always wanted to be there in the end of the movies. So for this course of this movie, even though he's only there at the beginning and end, we see him trying to become somebody important in the movie yes. instead of just set up. He's trying to better himself, rise up along the corporate ladder of horror moviedom. Yeah. So this whole thing, it's like, it's very meta. It's all about horror movies and the tropes in them. 
Except at the same time, it's got a lot of really weird original things happening, which kind of threw me off because they were like, they're supposed to be playing to the tropes, but instead, insane random things happen, like licking a lollipop that makes your face look like the lollipop. It's like they made a list of all the horror movie tropes, and we're like, okay, how can we either make fun of this to like the nth degree, like airplane level mocking of the tropes or how can we take this trope and completely turn it on its head to make something completely unexpected and new and between those two things and the fact that they just whipsawed between the (laughs) two it was i find it found it very entertaining yes this is this is a horror comedy and it's one where i'm not gonna argue about the horror side because it is super gory in really cheesy dumb ways like it's not realistic gore at all but it's excessive gore like this scene where someone threw a rock and it (laughs) caused her you know hit her on the back of the head and it caused her whole head to explode yeah that was pretty good yeah Yeah, they were that was the uh the backwoods slasher and for some reason he was unimaginably strong and they were like why are you so strong (laughs) yeah this was i think that actually the head exploding point was the point where i wrote down Oh, this is Airplane Meets Horror Movies. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that whole segment is called One Time in the Woods, and it's my favorite one. That whole segment was way more ridiculous than the rest of the movie. And, like, I was set up for that to be the rest of the movie because that was, like... Very early on. That was right mm-hmm. after it's Cold like Open. and But then it really tones down from there. And it's it's all ridiculous, but it's not like that. Where in that one, we've got a guy turning into a puddle of goo. And it, like they're puppeteering a skull and making him talk and be like, Hey, guys, could you not step in the goo? That's part of me. Well, okay. Probably my favorite line in the whole movie or my favorite like little bit in the whole movie was him devolving into goo. And then when she also is devolving into goo and he's sort of like, okay, so from this like green goo toward me is me. And then beyond that is you. And like, they were like dividing up. That was insane. It was hilarious. It was unexpected. It was unexpected. But, I want to be clear that when you say the rest of the movie tones down, that's only compared to how absolutely beyond the pale that particular bit Uh was. Because the rest of the movie is, compared to anything else, not toned down. Yeah. Like, it's all... It's all silly. Ridiculous. In the best possible way. Yeah. The line I wrote down was also from the guy melting into goo. When he said, hey, that guy's blood is getting in my blood. (laughs) Kind of going back to the other anthology, the Christmas anthology that we watched, there was a similarity to this one in that they also kind of took, they listed like, what are the horror movie characters? Like, oh, Mm -hmm. werewolves, zombies, uh, aliens, you know, like they came up with a whole list of things that happen in, you know, the slasher, the guy in the woods, you know, all of that. And then they did sort of like with the Christmas one, they then did stories, including all of these different things. So some of them were even just in the transitions, like there was a vampire in just the transition from one story to the other when they're at the bar and the guy's like, Home is where the heart is. The heart is where your blood is. And blood is thicker than water. And at no point does he say he's a vampire, but he's totally acting like a vampire. Yes. 
And then after the guy leaves to go into the bathroom, which then goes into the next story, there's this moment before it cuts where he lifts a Bloody Mary up from behind the bar and takes <laughs> the right. yeah. celery out and starts drinking it. And I'm like, oh, that's just, that's not a Bloody Mary. That's just blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I love that. Like, it's so subtle. But there was that like, okay, now we can check off the vampire in the list. Which begs the question very strongly. Mm-hmm. When the werewolf hunter tore the wrapper off a piece of chocolate and slammed it in a werewolf's mouth, yes, was it killing the werewolf because it was wrapped in silver? It's because or was it's a dog. Dogs it, are dogs can't eat chocolate. That was the note I put. Uh-huh. Was which of those two is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just can't dogs eat chocolate. Dogs can't eat chocolate. It's bad for them, don't you know? <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, I also loved that the last wolf werewolf he chased off by giving it a stern stare. Yeah. Again, sort of playing to the whole dog thing. Like, if you just <laughs> give off enough alpha that a, an attacking dog won't attack you. Like, yeah. it was just, it was ridiculous. Well, I mean, he was the last one left. He was scared. So, the wraparound within the wraparound is that there's this video store that Rad Chad owns. Yeah, he's rad. And he has hired Han as the new as a new employee and he's like training him in right so in between each of these stories we go back to the video store and han is learning something and whatever it's, it's all it's a journey for han it it was a journey for han but one of the notes that i made during one of those early scenes was that the video store guys were talking aaron sorkin fast <laughs> I, yeah, now I can't remember. I'm sure that's true. Like, it was just this constant, like, <laughs> back and forth banter that yeah. was very Aaron Sorkin. I kept expecting them to do the walk and talk. <laughs> yeah, they really should have. That would have been fun. Through the different aisles of the video store. Yeah. <laughs> that was a huge store. Like, that was a whole massive video store, which I think was only supposed to have horror movies in it. Yeah, because they had sections for, like, vampires and evil clowns. That was a lot of videos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that I don't think it's possible, but I'm not sure that all of those videos would actually be on video. Nowadays, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there are some stories here that were amiss for me, but I want to go to The Night He Came Back Again, Part 4, Final Kill. Yes, which was <laughs> sort of a scream style, or, yeah. or like, uh, I feel like there's one that's just like, some camp in the woods well, where yeah, like Friday the 13th. Yes. Definitely. Yes. It was all about the traditional killer that can't be killed at the end of each movie. But of course this is part 4 final kill where they're finally going to kill him. And how that killer always seems to come back harassing the same person yeah. and then all the people around that person die because of that. Yeah. And They tried stabbing him in the heart and he gets up. Mm -hmm. And what's fun is every time they try something and it fails, he ends up killing somebody. Mm -hmm. So they get one by one, get killed through these attempts. And they have him strapped to a table. Like, he shouldn't be be a problem at all. But no, he, like, gets one hand loose and strangles somebody Mm -hmm. or whatever. And they they electrocuted him, which caused an impressive kill where they thought he was dead. And the one guy who's, he's pre-med... He pulled out his stethoscope <laughs> and listened to the heart, but of course the heart was still holding some electricity uh-huh. that zapped his head and again made his head explode. It did. Because that's what happens. Eventually, the final girl puts him through a wood chipper <laughs> and uh-huh. he's still not dead. No, no, he's not dead. But also we learn in that moment that he's her brother. <gasps> 
Although previously they she was really of, into him. Yeah, they were making googly eyes at yeah, each other. Yeah, it's kind of a Star Wars reference. <laughs> there was also a Scooby Doo reference in that yeah. one because the one guy was definitely wearing that like the scarfy ascot thing that what's his name wears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was just fun. It was ridiculous and stupid, and I was really. I was really enjoying it because every time they go to try to kill him again, I'm like, okay, how's he going to end up murdering someone because of this? Right, right. Wait, so was that one a hit or a miss for you? That was a hit. Okay, what was your biggest miss? There were two misses, and the biggest one definitely, Han grabs a tape, the only tape, from the something like postmodern feminist body horror revenge category. Yes. And he plays it, and... It was called Girls' Night Out of of Body. Body. It was so slight. Like, there was nothing to it. It was just, they lick the lollipop, it makes their faces into orange skulls, and at first that's upsetting, but then they get into it and they're like, yeah, we're demons now, I guess. And there's also a guy stalking them, and they grab him and murder him, and that's it. So I feel like you're not fully embracing the postmodernist the point of postmodern <laughs> feminist body horror revenge. I am not. If that didn't work for you, because that one worked for me Did much it? better. Yes, especially since they were doing all this like face masking and stuff, like girls do yeah. on Girls Night Out. They were, you know, putting all that all their make them beautiful according to you know cultural standards. But then they and embraced. Then, yes. Then they got the demon masks on, and then they were powerful. And the guy who was stalking them and thinking they were weak found out otherwise. Yeah, but it was so sudden, and there was no... I don't know. It just didn't... There wasn't a whole lot to it. I no, will admit that. there was not. But consider the pie chart of all horror movies and what the women being attacked by men and being held to beauty standards and all of that, how big that pie piece would be compared to this pie piece. I appreciated it. I mean, I I like that idea and that direction. I just felt like there was nothing going on. The, the one, maybe you can explain this to me with your feminine wiles. Okay. <laughs> Two of them licked the lollipop, got demon faces, and then the third one, for some reason, has the phone number of the convenience store where they stole the lollipop. She calls them up and is like, hey, we got a problem with a lollipop we got at your store. We stole from your store. (laughs) And there's just an evil laugh on the phone. And then she kind of looks at the lollipop and is just drawn to it and licks it herself. Yeah, I feel like I would need to watch it again to really understand what was happening there. I did like the pillow fight afterwards aspect. Like, it's so much looked and felt like every scene ever where there are more than one or two girls <laughs> in a horror movie. Like, yeah. it's always like that. And it still felt the same way, but then it had this other underlying, like, twist to what was actually going to yeah. happen. I, I don't know. It was it was interesting. It, it definitely was not the most interesting, and it was by far not the most original of them. Because as much as that's an unusual thing to find in a horror movie. It's the exact thing you would think of when someone's like, what if we flip the trope that girls are weak on their head, on its head. 
I don't know. So I, yeah. I, I'm kind of with you on that one, although I didn't dislike it. It just wasn't at the top of my list. Well, what is at the top of your list? So many. The Backwoods Slasher one, mm-hmm. where he turns into goo, was amazing. <laughs> that was my favorite. The meta-ness of Cold Opener was just so much fun. Yeah. And I really liked the transition from the werewolf story to the satanic cult story and like or like how those two intertwined because that i wasn't expecting that like i don't know exactly what i was expecting but i wasn't expecting that i also liked the whole men's rights activist piece that was worked (laughs) into the werewolf story yeah and it was definitely done in the way where you know that it was funny and how it was making who it was making fun Uh of and what point it was trying to make which is always important Yes. So I liked those ones. I wasn't super into the whole Joe Bob Briggs part. There were clever bits, I thought, in that. That was kind of one of the longer ones. Yeah, kind of the, I mean, that the was... The resolution of it. Yeah, it was almost... It was part of the wraparound, basically, because we yes. discovered that Han is not really an employee. He's secretly scientist. a scientist. <laughs> Te- doing tests to figure out... Things about horror movies, like how far does the body need to be away from your American-made vehicle before (laughs) your American-made vehicle will start? Yeah, that was some funny stuff. Yes. So I I did, there were parts in that one that I liked, but overall I was like, meh, about that piece of it. But one of the things, one of the like throwaway bits that I really liked, not so much throwaway, but one of the smaller bits was that there was a room that was the do not, you know, it said do not enter. Uh-huh. And Rad Chad repeatedly told Han he should never, ever, ever go in that room. So, yes. of course, Han has to go in that room. I mean, and what terrifying horrors might lurk within. And after Han gets in that room and Rad Chad spots him, he's eat him, eating a McMuffin. And there's a whole thing about a McMuffin and a MacGuffin. Yeah. And it's like... Oh, the only reason he shouldn't go in that room is because Rad Chad was planning a surprise party for his new best employee slash best friend. Twist. That's when Han gets him by smacking him on the back of the head with a video, which I don't feel like would do any damage at all. Yeah, but I I really I liked the having a MacGuffin, which is a huge horror movie thing yeah and then just the ridiculousness of how they were like would you like a mcmuffin and han (laughs) is like did you say mcguffin and it was just so dumb yeah a lot of this was just so dumb yes the only story we have yet to mention was the other miss for me and kind of in the same way it was called so much to do and it was like what i wrote down is that there's a bunch of lore behind it that we're never given like, yeah, there's these two guys who have kidnapped another guy and they magically put a mark, an Omega mark on his forehead. And then magically he turns into fog and takes over someone's body. And then the funny thing, the part I liked about it was that the woman whose body he takes over really doesn't want to see spoilers about her favorite show. And he goes home in her body and just starts watching the show. The final episode, which she's not ready to watch. 
And she's so mad that she busts out of his brain and battles him. I did like how they handled that there were two people in, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's hard to show that because you have to show one body or the other. And, like, I liked how they handled that. But I agree that one overall was just very lukewarm for me. Yeah, it felt like they kind of just, I mean, either there's a big pile of lore underneath that we don't know about. But what I think is the real thing is they just kind of threw stuff together to get to that that body swapping part. I think there were there was an intention to have some more complexity to it, but either I didn't understand it or it wasn't done well enough to get it across. But there were there were some interesting things like she was a smoker and he was fog or smoke and like there were there were just parallels like he is doing this magic and the show that they're watching that she doesn't want <laughs> yeah. spoiled is like some reality show about mages it's really weird it's starring a guy versus the same guy and then for some reason they also show the director who's also that guy it was weird <laughs> yeah so yeah i didn't understand that one at all i feel like there were things that there was intention there but it didn't quite make it yeah. into my brain. Yeah, there was something going on. But the idea of the, you know, fighting evil because it's trying to show you spoilers, that was good. Yes. But yes. otherwise, it was a big miss for me. Yeah, agreed. Ratings. Well, I feel like I've already expressed a lot of what I have to say about this movie. So the one thing I haven't said yet is that my most favorite line which I feel like should sort of become our tagline or was perhaps referencing us. I don't know. (laughs) I felt called out by this line where Rad Chad was totally hero worshiping Joe Bob Briggs, who I think he thinks is his dad (laughs) or like wants to be his dad or like, I don't know. There was a whole thing there because I think that's what was going on in the room, the the do not enter room when it was dark and you were seeing all the messages. Oh yeah. Who is daddy and all that. Yeah. I think... Rad Chad doesn't know who his dad is, and he's decided it's Joe Bob Briggs. <laughs> sure. And so he was like just mind blown at being within the presence of this hero. Yeah. And for those who don't know, Joe Bob Briggs, I say he's the modern Elvira, which she's still around too, by the way. He- which I'm not sure that that... <laughs> A reference will explain anything to anyone. I'm going to explain what he does. (laughs) He is like on Saturday nights, you go, you put on whatever channel he's on, and he hosts a horror movie. So like he'll talk for a couple minutes and be like, and now we're going to watch this movie. And then you watch a chunk of movie. When you get to the commercial break, he pops in and is like, well, that was crazy, wasn't it? And he'll tell you about the kill count and stuff like that. I like that when you were trying to explain that, you went to Elvira, which is exactly <laughs> the same thing, also very specific to the horror genre. Instead of going to something like Masterpiece Theater that more people in the world would recognize. Well, I wouldn't because <laughs> I understand horror. Okay, so he's he's just salivating all over mm-hmm. his hero and possible dad. And Joe Bob Briggs is having none of it. Like, he's yeah. so annoyed by it. And he turns to him at one point and just so nasty says to him, you're the personification of what the internet did to film criticism. Yes. And I was like, 
Ow, Joe Bob Briggs. Ow. That's us. That's us. We're the personification, <laughs> literally, of what has become a film criticism. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know nothing about nothing. Nothing about nothing. Um, which is why, perhaps, I enjoyed this movie so very much. <laughs> um, I am most definitely, in case you could not tell already, going to give Scare Package of 2020 five escape threshold falls out of five. Okay. A very scientific <laughs> rating, if you will. Indeed. Yeah, she never quite got there. No, that's what they were discovering, is that there is a thing where you get too close to the escape threshold. That's what they called that line. You get mm-hmm. to a certain point where you might live, and, you just and you're going to fall, because that's how it goes. I, too, enjoyed Scare Package. It was ridiculous and stupid, and that's fun. I, too, will give it five escape <gasps> threshold falls out of five. Woo, double five! It's not a perfect movie. It's kind of... It's kind of dumb in the wrong ways at various parts, but it's dumb in the right ways a lot, and it's very funny, and you will laugh a bunch. Yes. And be shocked. There were multiple times where I was like, oh, I did not expect it to go there. <laughs> yes, th- those are the gory parts. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of gore. Yeah. So five out of five from both of us. Definitely an anthology we think you should be watching. Yay, anthologies. Fight the horror of a world gone mad. My hot political tip today is based on our favorite bit, One Time in the Woods, Uh which was definitely one of those environmental horror things combined with a backwoods slasher thing. (laughs) It just threw stuff in The environmental horror piece, plus the fact that it's 73 degrees outside when it was 27 degrees... Like four days ago. Yeah. And um, I'm just going to remind you that the environment needs our protection and that you should be speaking to your elected officials about taking care of it. Yeah. Stop destroying everything, everybody. Just yeah. stop. We we should be cutting back on our carbon footprints. We should be recycling. We should be reusing and upcycling. We should be... Taking responsibility for the fact that we produce 90-some percent Mm. of the pollution in the world and not holding third-world countries responsible for taking cleaning up our mess. We being, you know, like, quote-unquote, advanced countries, uh, you know, and third-world countries being those countries that we think we're so much better than. (laughs) And I want to counter that a bit, though, to say you guys are off the hook you know, there's no amount of making a mess and whatever that you personally can do. Oh, yeah. Just because you take anything. a five-minute shorter shower, yeah. not going to fix it. You, you'll you do a lot more for this issue talking to your representatives and lobbying for rules on corporations to stop this stuff yes. than you will by shortening your shower and recycling your glass bottles. Yes. Which, in many communities... Even if you do have a recycling program, that stuff just ends up in the same landfill as everything else anyway, because it's it's all nonsense out there. So fight for systemic change rather than uh, just personal change, personal change, not to say you shouldn't have personal change if 
by some fluke, we have someone listening who's jetting around the country in a personal jet. I don't know. Fly first class on wow, a fancy. on a public transportation airplane. <laughs> like, stop being part of the problem if you are that person. If you're that person who's like anybody else and, you know, it's just like, I don't know, maybe my showers are too long. Do what you can. Don't beat yourself up. But it's not on your shoulders. It's on the shoulders of, like, Amazon. And we should hold them accountable. We should take them down. Destroy the patriarchy! (laughs) All right, everybody. See you next week. And destroy the patriarchy! You never like any of my voices. I like your regular voice. Hello. My name is Michael. This is how I talk. It isn't. But it is. <laughs> Are you going to use your real voice at any point in this podcast? I forgot how.